For those of you that perhaps have not been here every week, just a reminder that we are in a sermon series of hard questions. They're from the assigned readings of the Gospel of Matthew, and often they come from the parables. They're either questions asked to Jesus or Jesus asks of us. To get us started, I I do have a question first about your home. I don't know if you've ever entered the, the, uh, you know, you were your property owner and you rented out. Maybe you sold your home and you thought, I think we could make some money here if we just rent it. You know, we'll still have our investment safe and secure, but if we rent it out, we can make extra money. Or maybe you thought, no, I've done this big time. I have a lot of property that I rent out. And uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a venture. But if you've ever entered this kind of business, I have a question for you. What is the hardest thing about being a property owner that rents out to others? Is it not the renters, right? I mean, oh my goodness. Most people are just fine. You know, they pay on time and they take care of things. But, and when you do get a good renter, what do you do? You treat that person nicely, right? You don't raise their rent that often. You keep them close, But one of the biggest heartaches and headaches is when, you know, someone has forgotten that they are a renter and they kind of treat the place like they're the owner. And they don't keep it up. They don't keep it clean. And and you have to remind them, hey, you cannot allow your kids or your cats to destroy the carpet and the walls and the ceilings and everything. You got to take care of the yard, you know. And, And it's just an ongoing headache and heartache when people... Don't treat it the way you treat your own things. And when you do have that unfortunate renter that has not paid their rent at the first of the month, when they have destroyed the property, when they are refusing to take your calls, your emails, or your texts, you're really left with no other option but to... um, You know, which is really hard because you went into this venture to provide housing, and now you're providing homelessness. But you do it because that's just the way the contract works. And so when Jesus puts the hard question to those gathered around him, and he asks, you know, what will the vineyard owner do to those tenants who have not paid their rent? who have abused those sent to them to collect what was owed, who have conspired and now killed the owner's son to take the inheritance. What will he do? Well, everybody knows the answer, what you do. He will bring those wretches to a miserable end and let out the property to someone who will give them the fruit at the proper time. Yeah, this particular question is not hard, but the meaning, what Jesus intended for people to hear, was extremely difficult to hear. So hard that those who first heard it were quite insulted. Jesus is calling us bad renters. Think about who's in front of him. These were the very best kind of renters God could ever hope for. The people who actually paid the rent, right? They they did everything God commanded them, and and they were eager to do so. The Pharisees were the elite of the elite in rent-paying people. And Jesus had the harsh words directed to them, says, no, no, you're not. Because 
they were living not like renters, but like the owners. And so Jesus called back to a story that they would have been very familiar back to the prophet Isaiah, who talked about God, who the master of the house, who plants a vineyard, put a, a fence around it, dug a wine press, built a watchtower, went away and leased. He did not sell. He leased the property to tenants. Now, as Jesus told this story, his original hearers would have known exactly who the owner was. It's God. And they would have known exactly what the responsibilities would have been to that owner. But it's interesting, as Jesus retells the story, how he kind of adapts the story to the situation in front of him. And whereas in Isaiah, the, the vineyard were the people of God, Jesus adapts it just a bit. And so we have to ask the question, well, what, what is the, the vineyard? What, what is this produce that he's come to receive? And in a very general way, a label could be put, it is you and everything about you, your time, your money, your home, your family, your business, your retirement, whatever it is that's you and yours. And it's, it's interesting how God goes away for quite a while and just allows us to do whatever we want with what we have. Have you noticed that God does not micromanage your life? He allows you to think whatever you want to think. He allows you to believe whatever you want to believe. You know, if you're watching the, uh, the History Channel and it's got this expose about Jesus and the Bible and how, you know, we got these extra Gospels and we probably should listen to them and not the ones that we have in the Bible. You know, and you're watching that and you think, well, maybe that's true. You know, God doesn't appear in your living room and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. That ain't right. There's a reason those are not in the Bible, okay? Those are Gnostic Gospels, all right? This is the real, stick with the real stuff. No, He allows you to, to watch and take in whatever you want. And, and you know, if you want to watch the, the TV preachers and, and listen to their Gospel of prosperity, how God's going to bless you if you just, you know, send them a little something, you know? And you think, well, maybe that's true, you know? And so you start doing that. He allows you to do whatever you want. Think whatever you want. Believe whatever you want. But that does not mean that he agrees with your actions. It does not mean that he condones what you are doing. And just as in the story that Jesus told, there is a season that draws near of when there's an account, accountability time. And, and he's not being mean He's not being unfair when the owner comes to receive the fruit. It's part of the lease agreement of being a tenant and an owner. And, and what exactly has, has the owner come to receive from the tenants? Well, that really is a, a matter of dispute. Because that's the reason there is the, the gospel of prosperity. You know, people are thinking, well, this is what God's going to do for me because I'm doing this for Him. And, and this is the reason we have all different kinds of ideas about God and what He wants from us. And so when we think about well, what does God want from our money, we often think about what we hear in worship. Well, God expects the tithe, 10%. All right, get my checkbook out, 10%, boom, put it in the offer plates right there, done. Well, what's He expect from our, from our time? 
well, we could probably think of some similar percentage, but, you know, expect some of our time to be used, and so here you are in worship. All right. And, and what about, you know, prayer? Well, probably should do that every day. You know, and so you think about all these things that, that is you and yours and what God expects, and, and, and there you go. You've, you've paid the rent. But there's a problem with that. Jesus came to confront the original renters and us. For as we, we find that we could pay God even more. You could, you could give God 90 and live on 10 and still be a bad renter. You see, what makes a bad renter isn't that they paid or haven't paid, but that they see themselves as the owners. Jesus confronted those, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law in front of him and to expose that it's, it's not a problem that you haven't paid enough, but you think, you think that somehow you own and you resent the fact that you don't. I mean, why else would tenants kill the messengers? It's not that they're like, wow, it's really unfair. We shouldn't have to pay this. No, they resented the fact that there was an owner at all. Why would they kill his son? Because that would enable them, at least in their minds, to have the inheritance and they be the owners. See, when you check the contract, when the lease agreement is read, the very first thing is about ownership and that God owns us. Now, here we are sitting in our Ascension Sanctuary, and we're thinking, well, I don't, I don't think I'm a bad renter, you know? I mean, I'm here today. I, I do a lot of things. I believe, oh, I believe the right things about God and, and do the right, yes, I, I'm a good renter. Until the messengers come. And then we begin to see that the very same feelings of resentment even hatred towards the owner are also in us. For the messengers come and remind us, oh, you don't actually own your money. It's on loan. And we become very incensed because it isn't God himself. It's a messenger, and it's usually like a family member. They want to borrow some money. Or it's a church appeal. It's like, oh, man, they're doing another capital campaign? Didn't we just do that? You know, and now they want more it's like there's a resentment, there, there's, a, there's a hatred, because I have worked for this money. I, I don't just get a handout, okay? And here now people have, feel they have a right to my things. Or when it comes to your time, it's like, you ever have that? You just get your day all planned out, and if, if everything follows according to the plan, you can actually accomplish everything on the to-do list. And then someone walks in the door and just totally wipes the whole to-do list, you know, throws it out the window. It's like, okay, I guess I'm doing this now. And there's a certain amount of resentment about that. I mean, even your family, you think, okay, this is my family. But then the messengers come and your kids can be kind of rebellious. Like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Even, even our lives and our bodies... I should be able to do what I want with my own body. And yet, the messengers come with illness. It's like, nope, you don't have that energy you thought. Nope, you can't go out because you got COVID. Nope, you can't do what you want. And, and even our life has an expiration date, and that really bothers us. 
See, the messengers come and they remind us, you're not the owner. And so the owner does something that just really makes us baffled. Why on earth would he send his son when they have killed the messengers, have abused them, treated the most precious thing about the owner would be his son. Why would he send him into harm's way? Well, it says right there in the stories, Jesus is telling it, because they will respect my son. Really? That's what you were thinking. They're going to respect. They did not. Okay. But so why, why on earth, stepping out of the story now into our reality, why would God send his son into this world where we will kill him? And the answer lies in the fact that this is, this is the way that our hearts change ownership. Jesus comes not to demand what is owed his father, but to give what is demanded of us, our lives. He gives up the ownership of his life in order to change the ownership that we demand in ourselves. As Jesus is on the cross, as he goes through the cross and through death into his resurrection, he now provides a way for us to receive a kingdom, to receive the vineyard in such a way that we can give the fruit that God expects of us. Because there in Jesus, with his death and resurrection, is the change of heart that is only possible by God, the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, what God has come to give us isn't just a lease agreement. You better do this so that, you know, I can get my fruit. Instead, he's invited us to live in the vineyard. And it's really good there with his son in charge. Now, here's, here's how you know what's going on in your heart of, of the ownership. When you hear the messengers confront you and you have this great resentment, you can't tell me what to do. See, that's what a wild grape is. It's just doing its own thing. But the Holy Spirit is working in your hearts so that when you hear the messengers, yes, you may feel the resentment, but there the Spirit is working in you repentance and faith to confess your sin and there receive the Son whom you now respect for He offers to you forgiveness and life and life to the full. You get to live in the vineyard not only now but forever. In reality, you're not a renter. You're with the Son and the vineyard will never be taken from the Son. He cannot lose His inheritance and it has been given to you in grace and by the Spirit, we live here with Jesus. Amen.